folks, so this is the fourth episode of the Sports Group podcast. And for this episode, we're going to be obviously recapping on the 2021 F1 season. Um, we need to bear in mind what a season that was. What a season of entertainment, drama, controversy, rivalry. It had the whole lot. It was absolutely exceptional. And I think every supporter of the sport absolutely adored the season. Like, thoroughly enjoyed it. And likewise, I did as well. And whenever I was thinking of ideas to obviously, let's say, let's say recap and report on this season, I was thinking, will I just do a general like review of the race on Sunday, which was the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, or could I just do a general general season review, or I could maybe review the activity of the stewards? But they're all like activities that have probably been overdone slightly since the season ended and I think nearly any influencer or journalist who has any interest in covering like motorsport has probably covered that topic over the last number of days so that topic is probably it's I I don't think it's overly relevant to cover that topic and also it's it's an incredibly sensitive topic at the moment because people are obviously still maybe slightly aggrieved by the decisions that were made on the steward by the stewards on Sunday. If you weren't aware of what decisions the stewards made on Sunday, um I think um you can obviously inform yourself if you go to the obviously the Formula One YouTube channel and you, you can watch the highlights and you'll sort of get the gist of what happened on Sunday, which is when obviously towards the final lap um and there was a crash, obviously, a TV went out, and it appeared that Hamilton was, he, he looked to have secured the championship, but and it, even during that safety car, it looked very good for Hamilton, and Verstappen, obviously, over the course of one lap, needed to overtake a series of lapped cars before he could have a run at Hamilton, but obviously that was unlikely, he was unlikely to really create that opportunity for himself over the course of one lap so obviously the stewards they wanted that absolutely box office ending to the to the season and i think we all did it but it was unethical on on, basically on how they organized it as they allowed six cars to overtake the safety car and unlap themselves but in reality to obviously get out of the way of the two title contenders but obviously that's unethical if and um, if you're to obviously let's say abide by the rules, every car who's lapped has to overtake the safety car, not just one. And obviously in the FAI FIA rulebook in the obviously in the rule forty eight thirteen to be exact, that is noted. So that rule was bent and that's incredibly controversial. Anyway, I think I've sort of covered the topic to a degree and sort of maybe explain to the audience if they weren't aware already of how Lewis Hamilton controversially lost that world title in Abu Dhabi on Sunday. Now let's get into the topic and our topic is today the top five like performing drivers of this season. It's not let's say the top five in championship classification it's just the top five who felt they impressed me the most you know. So I think before we get before we actually get like started, I feel I want to maybe let's say 
list a few honourable mentions who I say who are like very good to exceptional this year, but just didn't quite perform to the level throughout the whole season to obviously include themselves on this list. And I have around like an extra five drivers who are, I'd say, on this list at the moment. So I think, why not we get started? So obviously my first honourable mention is Charles, Charles Leclerc. I don't think it was a vintage Leclerc season this year. He was strong. He was impressive. He qualified well, especially those two poles in Monaco and Azerbaijan. I was obviously unlucky to see the engine blow out in Monaco just before the start there. So probably slightly unlucky, but there wasn't, there was never really any impressive action on the racing track. No impressive wheel to wheel action, no standout drive. So I don't think Leclerc has really done enough this year to prove that he is top five driver this year. I think he has the potential to be the top foot to be a top five driver a hundred percent and he probably will be a top five driver consistently in the future, but it's just and whenever you consider that he's slightly inconsistent, there wasn't really a standout drive that really muscles his way into that into that like top five list, which is unfortunate for him, but it is the reality and the truth and it makes for interesting reading whenever you're beaten by your we would say, rather underestimated teammate and unfavoured teammate Carlos Sainz, who was only on his rookie season at the team. And whenever you're beaten by him, I'd say fair and square and quite convincingly on some occasions in some races and you were beaten by him on points. So I feel that's that's not great whenever you're at your third season at the, we would say, the most prestigious team in the sport. And you're getting beaten by someone who's in their first season. That's, that's we would say not up to standards for Charles. But I'd say we look. I say we'll expect an improvement in twenty twenty two. We all know he has the potential. He's been slightly unlucky over the last number of years with a few crashes and a few we would say rather lackluster machinery. But I think twenty twenty two. I think we'll see the best version of Leclerc, Esteban Ocon. I think it was a fairly strong season for his standards, considering 2020, I we would say it was a difficult year for Ocon, considering he had the year out in 2019, so we, it took a bit of time for him to adapt in 2020, and I think it was only really the end of the season when we really saw Ocon adapt in 2020, but in 2021, we, we've re, we really saw him adapt on occasions, and I think there's that one headline occasion where we, I don't think, anyone will forget is his win in Hungary in 2021 absolutely exceptional from start to finish he was exceptional that day and he obviously he was incredible like he was absolutely wonderful in defense as well throughout that whole race he covered off the valiant and brave Sebastian Vettel a four-time champion he he covered him off for the whole race and that was a that was a vintage Vettel performance as well, may I note. So absolutely wonderful from Ocon that day. He was absolutely exceptional and a well deserved win. I know there was maybe a number of number of external like circumstances in the title fight, let's say the crash at the start that day, including Bottas for Stappen, Norris and Perez, along with um let's say the mis the misunderstanding in Lewis Hamilton's strategy. 
But we need to bear in mind that Ocon doesn't have the car to compete with the championship contenders, along with, as do the remainder of the field. So you need to bear in mind that he's probably, he's probably competing to the best level he possibly could. And whenever he did, he proved himself. So absolutely exceptional on that day. And there were a few other impressive performances from Ocon in 2021. So I feel strong season for Ocon in 2021 and hopefully he can carry on the momentum in 2022. Valtteri Bottas, obviously the man who's leaving Mercedes at the end of the year to obviously head pastures new to Alfa Romeo. Some people may be slightly dubious of my selection of Bottas in this list for 2021, but I felt there were some pretty solid Bottas performances throughout the season. I think, especially in qualifying, I don't. He proved to be a match for his teammate Lewis Hamilton in qualifying, who I felt was absolutely exceptional all around this year. And we need to bear in mind Hamilton is a seven-time champion, and there were a few occasions where Bottas picked up pole, which were impressive as well. And one bears in my, one obviously sticks in the mind to me is Mexico. I felt that was a wonderful lap from Bottas and. Also, a racing performance, I feel, there's two, two there as well. That Brazil sprint, sprint race won the wheel-to-wheel with the world champion Max Verstappen. Impressive. And the win in Turkey as well. So maybe there could have been a number of difficult moments at the start of the year. Let's say Imola and we would also need to bear in mind Monaco and Hungary. Those are difficult moments. And also just losing your drive at Mercedes to the young George Russell. That's all demoralising for Valtteri. And also considering he's had some, probably we would say, he's probably had some unsavoury criticism from the media over the last number of years. So I'd say his confidence was struggling throughout that period. But he bounced back stronger with some strong performance throughout the end of the season. And he really solidified that third place spot in the championship. And I think at the summer break, I think he was fifth in the championship. He was even struggling to defend that fifth spot in the championship. So there was a, a real improvement in Valtteri's performances in the second half. And he really convincingly, convincingly secured that third place in the championship. And now we're going to head on to the old Wiley Fox, Fernando Alonso, 40 years old. And he's still racing to a high standard. And I felt that was an incredibly, like we would say, consistent and proficient season from Alonso. I felt there, was, there wasn't really a significant mistake throughout the whole year. He... He qualified consistently, he raced consistently, and we, I think there's one moment that will stick in the memory for me for Fernando Alonso in 2021, and that would be his wheel-to-wheel battle in Lewis Hamilton and Hungary towards the end of the race there. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. That is the wheel, that is like the battle of the year for me. I know we've had some wonderful battles between Hamilton and Verstappen wheel-to-wheel, but they've normally ended in contact, as this one didn't, and it was just an absolute wonderful duel of two brilliant champions, two exceptional drivers. It was it was wonderful to watch, and it was wonderful just to see Alonso obviously defending against a seven-time champion in inferior machinery. Absolutely wonderful to watch. Alonso, I, he is incredibly close to this top five, and you can feel very aggrieved to miss out. Also, his podium in Qatar was, I would say, that was impressive, I, I feel. He might have been a bit lucky with, obviously, Valtteri Bottas's puncture, but it was, a, it was a solid performance all around. And I feel Alonso can be proud of what he achieved in 2021. And we also, since 
he obviously suffered a few significant injuries in the pre-season period and he bounced back from that with a few like metal plates in his jaw and his cheek so that must have been a challenge challenge to drive with them throughout the season but he he absolutely succeeded with aplomb and I'm expecting an absolutely stellar season from Alonso next year and then our final honourable mention is George Russell. Oh, George. Yeah, it is. He's been exceptional this season and he's very lucky to miss out. He is very lucky to miss out. Just his qualifying performances were absolutely exceptional, especially Belgium, Spa, absolutely incredible. Second place in the rain ahead of Lewis Hamilton, who's his future team teammate, that was except, exceptional. And we also need to bear in mind his multiple appearances in Q3, in inferior machinery, his obviously his third place lap in Russia in obviously September, that was exceptional. There were just numerous exceptional qualifying performances from Russell, Russell this year. I feel he might be he could be the fastest driver on the grid over one lap. And he's proved that he is definitely that on his day uh, this season. And absolutely exceptional. The Williams, it's not a strong car. And I think we can also, we can that is displayed by his teammate Nicholas Latifi struggle, struggles in that car. And I don't think Latifi's a slouch either. So I feel it's just, it's just that's an incredibly hard car to drive. And I feel Russell really maximised the potential of that car. And whenever we see him in a Mercedes next year, I feel he will challenge for the World Championship. Now, we finished our honourable mentions. And now it's time to obviously advance to the top five drivers of 2021. So in number five, potentially a controversial choice. Maybe some supporters of the sport may feel that this man may be further up in the list. But... I feel it's about right for him to be fifth place, and that is Lando Norris of McLaren. Yeah, it was a strong year for Lando, and Lando should be, I'd say, proud of how he, I was proud of what he achieved this year. I feel he impressed, especially at the start of the year. He was incredibly consistent, an incredible streak of wonderful points finishes. Obviously, a few wonderful podiums in that period. Imola, Monaco. Austria and he was he was delivering those points finishes on a regular basis in while his teammate Daniel Ricardo wasn't and I think we also need to bear in mind that maybe that McLaren was more challenging to drive than people thought it was you know because at the start of the season Lando was absolutely on fire he was driving exceptionally but Ricardo was struggling and Ricardo struggled throughout the whole season but towards the end of the season Lando started to struggle as well so could it have been a case of that the McLaren was just undrivable throughout periods rather than it being any disrespect to Ricardo's driving ability or any disrespect to Lando's driving ability and maybe that I think that really we would say exposes why Lando's been absolutely exceptional this year and I feel it's really been a year that he's really come of age with some wonderful podium performances his first pole in Russia he almost won the race there in Russia incredibly close to winning and I feel we'll be seeing much more of Lando in the future so wonderful year from Lando and 
big congratulations and I hope we see more of him in the future. And number four is Pierre Gasly. Pierre's had a strong year in AlphaTauri. Another, I'd say, wonderful year for Pierre. Absolutely exceptional. He is performing to his absolute limits at the moment. And this is probably the second consecutive year for Gasly because he's considered probably amongst the top five performing drivers of the grid, which is incredibly impressive considering the car he drives. He drives an AlphaTauri, which is the sixth or seventh best car on the grid every year. And he is obviously making himself known to the fans as one of the best drivers on the grid. I think that is wonderfully impressive. Absolutely wonderful. Like, just that is brilliant. That is that is star quality. And he has really led that AlphaTauri team throughout the whole season. Even throughout his teammate Yuki Tsunoda's struggles. He's taken those difficult weekends when let's say Yuki couldn't really, we would say, deliver for the team. And he delivered for the team to his absolute limits. He probably did the job of two men throughout periods of this season. He carried that team in his pack. He carried all the pressure that, that was, we would say, flying around that team and throughout those difficult periods. And all the momentum that team had throughout the strong periods. And he carried it all through his back throughout the whole all season with, which was absolutely exceptional to see from Pierre, and I'm incredibly impe- impressed by Pierre this season. So I feel for Pierre in the future, I feel he's in a bit of a catch twenty two. He's obviously trapped in that toxic Red Bull pr- program, and it doesn't look like he's going to attain a promotion to the senior Red Bull team. If fans aren't already aware, Alpha Terry is the junior team for Red Bull. So I don't know. I don't think. I don't think is relationship with Helmut Marko who's like the head of driver operations at Red Bull is ideal so I don't think he's ever going to we would say secure a promotion back to Red Bull considering he was also unsuccessful at Red Bull in 2019 so I don't think he'll he'll ever secure a promotion back there there doesn't seem to be many seats open in the midfield at the moment and I don't know if Alpha Tyree really have the long-term capacity to really compete at at the front. So I feel it's going to be a really long wait until Pierre really, we would say, attains that opportunity to compete in the top car, which is an absolute shame because we all know what an absolutely exceptional talent Pierre is and he should be competing at the front of the grid. But I have a feeling that, let's say, Alpha Terry won't really adapted the 2022 regulations and Pierre might have a difficult time in 2022 and potentially in 2023 if he doesn't find that we would say front running seat which is a shame for Pierre but I feel Pierre is incredibly consistent and I feel we'll we'll see him persist throughout that period and eventually find that seat. Number three Carlos Sainz of Ferrari easily the most underrated driver of the grid by far wonderful exceptional Carlos is Carlos really probably moves under under the radar, I'd say, throughout every season that he's been in Formula One. But he he really delivers every year. Like I don't think there's ever been a year where he hasn't met expectations, which I feel is impressive for someone 
who's probably not had a had he probably hasn't developed through Formula One in ideal circumstances as well. He may not have been he may not be the most exhilarating driver to he may not be the most entertaining driver to watch wheel to wheel, but he is consistent and he finds him he obviously we would say he pushes himself to the maximum every weekend and that hard work is paying off and he's finding himself in some strong positions almost every race weekend and his performances they don't ever really stand out towards the towards the end of the weekend but whenever you add it all up at the end of the season he he finishes the season with a we would say impressively high points total compared to a number of other drivers who've been considered to been performing stronger throughout the year and that just isn't the case it's just that Carlos may he may he may not really rouse the crowds but he I'd say he's incredibly consistent over a 22 race season and I feel he's and he actually we would say he normally finishes quite high in the championship classification and normally punches above his weight slightly like I'd say and that's probably happened over the last three years obviously in 2019 sixth 2020 sixth again and 2021 fifth like he all he always really he impresses fans and supporters at the end of seasons rather directly like throughout the course of a season it, it appears that fans may appreciate him at the end and they're like oh what a season by carlos but then they're like oh that he he was doing that throughout the whole season he was consistent throughout the whole season it's just we didn't notice until it all counts at the end so i feel i could see carlos winning a championship in a number of years just throughout being consistent it mightn't be that he wins like 11 or 12 races in that championship here. It's just that he might he might only win five, but he scores, let's say, 13 or 14 other podium finishes, which which like secures him a championship. So that I feel that if you were to describe the epitome of Carlos Sainz, that what, what it would be. Pure consistency, pure focus, and an absolutely exceptional work ethic now i feel i feel there's only two obvious options for the top two drivers of 2021 and number two is lewis hamilton okay controversial choice but i feel he just wasn't quite at verstappen's level throughout the year i feel over a 20 like two race season I feel Verstappen impressed me more than, than Hamilton did. I feel Hamilton's form throughout the end of the season, I feel was impressive. I say, I feel it was wonderful. It was brilliant. He was on fire throughout the end of that season. But I feel Verstappen throughout the whole season, I feel he showed everyone more than Hamilton did. And I feel both drivers are deserving of that title. But I feel we have to pick a number one driver and we have to pick a number two. And I've ha- I've picked Verstappen as a number one and Hamilton as number two. So let's talk about Lewis Hamilton. So I was impressed by Hamilton this year. I feel he probably didn't have the machinery he had in the past. 
Well, he continued to impress us, and even whenever we all rolled him off, we all thought that his charge at an eight championship was effectively finished. He proved us wrong. He continuously proved us wrong throughout the whole season and produced some absolutely brilliant performances throughout the season. We would, I'd say, one performance that describes Hamilton to a T would be that Brazilian performance. Absolute determination Hamilton is. He's one of the most determined and hard-working drivers on the grid. Like, if the fans like it or not, it is the truth. And he proved that on that weekend in Brazil, was disqualified from qualifying, told to start the sprint race on Saturday from 20th on the grid, last place, moved his way up to the midfield compartment of the grid for the race. And on race day, he, he moved through those midfield cars and he competed with the championship leader, Max Verstappen, for the win, which was an absolutely titanic wheel-to-wheel battle. And he beat Verstappen in that wheel-to-wheel battle. And he beat Verstappen in those wheel-to-wheel battles throughout the, the end of the season. And I feel any battle that didn't, that wasn't over-reliant on DRS this year, Hamilton won them. I feel all of the wheel-to-wheel battles that were reliant on DRS, or at least the majority, were were won by Verstappen. So I feel I feel that's really where the goal for the ability is between Hamilton and Verstappen. I feel Hamilton it may he may not be considered the best driver of twenty twenty one, but what he did prove to us this year is that he is definitely the most talented driver on the grid and more talented than Max Verstappen definitely. And I feel he may not be obviously flying home from Abu Dhabi with an eighth world title but he can fly home as the undisputed best driver on the grid, which I feel whenever your legacy is so solidly intact like that, I feel that's almost as important and vital as a world championship. So absolutely wonderful year from Hamilton, and I'm expecting more from more from him in 2022. And number one, as I mentioned earlier, Max Verstappen, it was, it was a wonderful season, by far his best season in Formula 1, and he proved to be one of the best drivers on the grid. And at the moment, probably the best of the younger drivers on the grid. So I feel, I, I don't think there's much more to say, but that Verstappen is, he's absolutely exceptional. And there's been moments in this season where he's really, we would say, displayed that world-class ability time and time again. And I feel... One one of the sort of, we would say, segments of his skill set that has probably impressed me the most is his qualifying ability. He was a he was a driver who struggled with quali- in qualifying. He struggled to secure like pole positions. It took until his fifth year in the sport to get one pole position, one pole position, and he struggled even throughout his the end of his fifth year and his whole sixth year to get a pole position. But throughout that seventh year, he got eleven pole positions. He scored eleven, or yeah, he scored, I think ten or eleven pole positions. It was ten. I apologize, not eleven. Ten pole positions after I think he only scored. I'm pretty sure he only scored four pole positions prior to twenty twenty one. But he scored ten pole positions in twenty twenty one, which is absolutely. I I feel that's that's exceptional. To really develop your skill set like that as a qualifier is 
a huge boost for Verstappen because if you can improve yourself as a qualifier, it gives you a much strong, a much greater chance of winning races in the future and becoming a much more consistent driver if you can just qualify from the front, lead from the front and remain at the front rather than having to drive through the pack to try and win races. And that's the skill that Verstappen developed throughout 2021 and he's reaping the benefits of it. And if Verstappen wasn't as strong of of a qualifier, do I think he would have been world championship here? Would this have been his world championship here? No, absolutely not. So I feel... I think we are all aware of his racing ability, his wheel-to-wheel ability, but we weren't aware of his qualifying ability. And I feel that's what bridged the gap between Verstappen being a a great driver and a world champion. So I feel even though there were also other impressive segments of that season, it was that just that, that improvement in his qualifying that I felt really was the... Was, was the gap there, the gulf between exceptional and world champion. So, yeah, that's the end of my review. I hope everyone enjoyed my review. I tried to make it as con- like comprehensive as possible. I'm still trying to gain confidence as a podcaster in general, and I'm really enjoying the ride. I just want to give, I'd say, all the, all the supporters of the podcast a slight update on the proceedings of the podcast. I have a special guest coming on the podcast on the 22nd of December. I'm recording the episode that day and hopefully I can get it out on the evening of the 22nd, which will be a nice Christmas present for the viewers. And it'll be a huge milestone for me of obviously recording a podcast with a guest. I also have a few other guests in the pipeline. I have an F1 related guest that could be done before the new year. We could potentially release that episode before the new year. If not, it probably will be the new year whenever it's released. And there is a rugby related guest who will probably his whose episode will probably be released in the new year. So exciting times coming ahead for this podcast. And before we finish off, I just want to obviously thank all the fans for their loyalty throughout all the difficult times whenever you're trying to secure guests. And you're busy with external affairs, but the fans stay loyal and continue continue to ask me in public and, let's say, indirectly via WhatsApp or text message about the progress of the podcast. So I appreciate the support and I hope to deliver more episodes in the future.